Shipped Ashore. Brief, fun conversations with people just like you, but different. This podcast is brought to you by Shipyard Brewing Company and by the partners who power Shipyard. Gorham Savings Bank. Banking is believing. GorhamSavingsBank.com. Elite Airways. Now with more flights from Maine to Florida. EliteAirways.net. Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. CrossAgency.com. And Upserve. All-in-one restaurant management. Upserve.com. To reach us with any feedback, just email podcast at shipyard.com. Now from downtown Portland, Maine, home of Shipyard Brewing Company, it's Ship to Shore with your host, Mark Curdo. Well, thanks for joining us today and sitting across from me. He's a guy that takes a really good picture. I got to be honest with you. Always, always in fantastic photographs with wonderful backgrounds, very well balance well placed in your photographs it's paul koenig paul is the managing editor of maine magazine the editorial producer of love maine radio as well he is here in person out of the pictures how are you i'm great thanks for having me mark <laughs> you know, some people that pictures just aren't their thing but you you take a damn fine picture oh well thank you i uh I've been learning, learning from the best. All right. Yeah. Well, like my good... coworkers at Maine Magazine. Yeah, good staff over there. But they, they, they give you direction on posing and, and things like that and facial expressions and stuff like that. I'm just learning on the fly and uh, yeah. looking in the mirror. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Paul, uh, let's start off with some just some basics for folks out there. Born and raised, where? I was born in California, actually, yep. uh, in San Luis Obispo. I uh, moved to Maine uh, with my family when I was one, uh, raised in the Hollowell area. Yep. Okay. You weren't out there, you know, long enough to become a Lakers fan or anything like that, or a 49ers fan here. No, no. But although I am a, a Padres and Chargers fan. All right. Well, that's because uh, my dad uh, grew up in San Diego. All right. That's kind of acceptable because those aren't the teams that are first thought of when you come come up with you know California sports teams. So yeah. that's acceptable. All right. Padres could use all the help too, right? Caning. And so, it, but it's spelled K O E. N-I-G. What nationality is that? It's a German. Okay. Uh, it means king. I believe it's pronounced Koenig originally. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't speak German, so yeah. pardon my mispronunciation. Sorry. Good job with that. King. Yeah. No, no pressure there. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to you know growing up in the Hollowell area, moving here to Maine, and growing up. When you were younger, uh, were you into print? Were you into magazines, newspapers, things like that? Oh, yeah, I loved, uh, I was a big sports fan, so I love Sports Illustrated, ESPN Magazine. Yeah. Uh, I think ESPN Magazine probably got me first hooked on magazine just because they always had kind of gorgeous covers, yeah. uh, really editorial um, portraits, uh, and that always kind of stuck with me. You know, there, there's a thrill when it was just print. Um, you know, the thrill of finding a magazine if it didn't sell out. You know, I think I got a few years on you, but I remember when, you know, Eddie Van Halen was on cover of a, of a music magazine. You know, I'd hopefully I'd get it before it sold out. There was a little bit of thrill um, back then with, with, with things like that. And we're kind of losing it because, uh, you know, we're, we're moving to a different way of, of, yeah. of getting things out there. I, mean, I think of the younger generation today, they have a balance of print and, you know, technology-based produce journalism and photography. I mean, I'm, I'm sure at some point in the future, I'm not sure when, but uh, we'll be hard pressed to find probably a good amount of print, which I'm not all for, by the way, and same way with my music. I love tangible stuff. Let me ask you this. Will people, will there be some outlets that will survive print wise? And, and if so, who do you, you know, who, who would that be or what style of genre uh, would that be? Do you think? I definitely think that, you know, print, will survive for a long time. Um, I think especially 
kind of high quality, specialized magazines, um, the, the bigger newspapers, uh, like New York Times, Washington Post, LA Times, I don't think those are going away uh, anytime soon. Um, kind of smaller papers, I think are struggling more, but you know, kind of high quality writing and photography, I think people still like getting that in their hands and flipping through those pages, especially when it's, you know, nice paper and you really feel that. And I don't think that's going away. I think it, you know, could continue to move towards more of a higher end magazines um, Mm -hmm. that are probably maybe costing more. Um, I think you'll see less of the really thin magazines that, you know, are crumpled before you. Yeah. You know, even open it well you know it's it's like with music uh they say oh cds and oh, it's all going to be digital well, not only is 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 it not been a complete digital takeover yet but the biggest size format of music ever is is outselling almost everything vinyl yeah. has made this return now for whatever reasons are reminiscing and uh, romantic side of, of, of things or people that don't want to let go of of things and I'm, I'm i'm both of that for whatever that reasons are it's still there and i agree with you i, I think there's always going to be some form of print there and and and, uh, and i i hope that i hope that stays that way that's uh, I, I think options is a good thing too, Paul. I think yeah. people having the options. That's the one thing I worry about with technology and moving forward is um, less options. You know, I think people deserve the right to have some choice. Obviously, business doesn't always dictate, you know, having those options out there if it's costly. But, uh, you know, there's people that want a certain style and, you know, it'd be nice that we could make them, uh, make it available to them. What's your, what was your background in, in print media and journalism uh, before you got going? Uh, I didn't really... I went to USM uh, here in, in Portland and Gorham, and I didn't really go for journalism. I was undecided for two and a half years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I started studying media studies, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, by chance, uh, a friend of mine was the uh, sports editor at the Free Press, the student newspaper there, gotcha. uh, and he told me that I could write sports stories for him and get paid work study. So I started covering uh, USM soccer games. It was my first time having to go interview people. Yeah, and I think the first time I was covering a, a soccer game, I uh, was sort of standing on the field because um, I was supposed to speak with the coach, mm-hmm. and I was too scared, so I was just standing on the field pretending to write stuff um, and like pretending to look at my phone. And then I started walking over to the coach, and I just turned around, uh, and then I told my editor that uh, the coach left early and I couldn't find him. <laughs> Uh, thankfully, I've I uh, gotten over those hurdles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and after I, I graduated, I started working at a newspaper, Kenbeck Journal, in Augusta, mm-hmm. and I was there for for three years. And then I went to Main Biz. I was online editor for four months, mm-hmm. and then I joined the the team with Main Magazine uh, as the managing editor of Oldport mm-hmm. Mag. Talk a little bit about that transition. I mean, you know, uh, with Oldport, which has gr- been a great addition, I think, to the to the to the collective over there, um, focusing on Portland. And talk a little bit about about that transition because you're now the managing editor of Maine, so you're moving from you know Portland is your on your plate. Now it's Maine, which is Maine. So, so there are a lot more to it. How's that transition been going, and uh, and and how is that? Uh, it's going to be a lot different from Oldport. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the. You know, a lot of the, the stories, what we look for in a story, um, kind of having a compelling character, uh, strong visuals. I think that's the same uh, for all the magazines. Uh, but it, I've really enjoyed being able to have that broader perspective of the state um, and not just be limited by kind of the, the Portland area. I mean, just 
you mentioned the diversity of the you know landscape with the images um the the different characters you know maine is a big state uh, and you know there's a lot of stories all around uh and it's been it's been cool to be able to highlight some of these stories that maybe aren't seen as much. Uh, I think especially in Portland, uh, people are kind of more aware of what's going on, people that are kind of tapped in. Uh, but with the with Made in Magazine, you're really able to tell stories that you know, you, people haven't heard before um, and you know shine light on some really important people and causes uh, that are you know, kind of trying to move the state forward. Yeah, there's a lot of content. It's not it's not a state full of just trees. There's a, there's yeah. a lot there's a lot outside of the trees. Uh, Paul Koenig is with us. He's the managing editor for Maine Magazine, uh, part of a great collective with uh, Maine Home and Design and Oldport Magazine, and of course the Maine uh, the Love Maine Radio Program, which he's the editorial producer of. Outside of the Maine Magazine offices, what's your interests? What what does Paul do on a on a typical weekend? This coming weekend, what might you do? I think this weekend I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go skiing. All right. Uh, I just started picking up skiing this winter. All right now. Uh, I've been three times so far. Yeah. So overall success or uh, still an ongoing process? It's it's I think it'll be an ongoing process for a while. Uh, <laughs> but I've I've had a blast and feeling a little more confident. Uh, my my third time on skis was for the. Winter Kids Downhill 24, mm-hmm. uh, which is a 24-hour sort of race-a-thon at Sugarloaf. Nice. Um, the Sports Winter Kids, uh, which is a cool nonprofit that encourages kids to be active during the winter. Mm. And that was my third time, and I was skiing uh, till almost 11 at night uh, under the lights. Uh, and that was pretty thrilling, uh, but I, I'm looking forward to doing it next year and you know, feeling a little more confident with my skis under me. Sure, especially in... In the evening. Well, yes, too. yeah. It throws a little curveball into things, right? Because of what you do, you've been able to travel a little bit. What's your favorite place to be in Maine, aside from where you live and being right where you're at? What's been like one of the places you've enjoyed the most being at? I mean, I think one of my favorite places in Maine is definitely Acadia. Uh, and it's, I mean, there's a reason it's one of the more popular national parks in the country. Uh, it's it's gorgeous. I, I love camping, hiking there. Uh, it's big enough that you can sort of avoid the crowds hiking as well if you you know where to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always uh, been kind of one of my favorite places. I try going there every, at least once a year. Kind of near my, my hometown, I always love going to, just exploring some of the kind of woods near my hometown. Um, in uh, Hollowell, there's the Vaughn's Woods, mm-hmm. a little preserve. Um, that kind of always brings back memories of running through that when I was playing soccer. And, and I, I recently went to Satan Rockland uh, a few weekends ago and and had a great time. I, I really like the downtown. It's got some really cool museums there. Uh, CMCA, the Farnsworth, uh, really impressive. Um, their collections and some you know less restaurants in Portland, but definitely have the kind of restaurants in Rockland and Camden that you know are as good, and some are you know better than places you know in Portland. Well, Paul Koenig, before you go, don't put too much thought into these. Just give us the honest, rapid-fire returns. Okay. Who's your best Halloween costume growing up? And it could even be in recent times. Best Halloween costume. Uh, two years ago, uh, my girlfriend dressed as uh, ramen, uh, which was which made my costume better. Uh, and I was uh, hot, extra hot sriracha with extra short shorts. It's, it, it takes two sometimes, you know? It takes two. Last movie you saw? Last, last movie I saw in the theater was Arrival. Okay. Favorite type of food? 
uh, Japanese. Have you ever been alone on New Year's Eve? It's been a while. That's that's a nice answer. <laughs> that's, nice, that's that's the hope. Uh, longest road trip? Uh, besides um, driving across the country from California to Maine when I was a baby, um, drove down to Philadelphia. Okay, that's a good. That's a good. Good trip. Uh, best seafood in Maine is where? Eventide. Okay. Free trip to anywhere in the world for one week. Where are you going? Uh, Japan. Okay. Tokyo. On a scale of one to ten, ten of course being the highest, how much do you like Christmas music? Four. Four. Okay. I have to work on you on that one. Uh, something you want to do before it's all over? I want to motorcycle across the country. That would beat the crap out of that trip to Philadelphia, wouldn't it? It would. Holy moly. That's a good one. Paul, thank you so much. Paul Koenig is the uh, managing editor of Maine Magazine and also the editorial producer with Love Maine Radio. You can find out more about that wonderful group of people over there at themainmag.com and on Facebook at The Maine Magazine and uh, always on newsstands and online. Paul, thanks so much for, uh, for hanging out with us a little bit and letting us get to know you. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Mark. And my guest right now is April Don. April is with Maine Roller Derby. Find out all about them at MainRollerDerby.com. If you're on the Facebook thing, a few people are on that, uh, you can check out Maine Roller Derby as well. Uh, no pads, no masks, no uh, loud colors or anything, but uh, but you're here in person. Hello. I am. Hooray! I'm here. Actually, right. um, I have a mouth guard in my sports bra. Okay. Good, good <laughs> but I don't know. have anything else. Good to know. There we go. <laughs> well, welcome. Thanks. Main Roller Derby, the state's first women's flat track roller derby league, owned by the skaters, operated by the skaters. How did everything come together? Can you give me, get us back to kind of uh, the beginning stages of Main Roller Derby? Oh, we've been, we're actually um, celebrating our 10th season. 10 um, years. Wow. 10 years, 10 years, a decade of skating. Um, and, you know, it's it's started in Texas, and then we had some great skaters here in Maine who just said, you know what, this looks like a blast. Mm. Let's start a league. And from there, you know, you just kind of build networks with friends and coworkers and then fans start to want to get involved too. Yeah. And then before you know, it's snowballing into this great giant organization. And um, now we're nonprofit. Now we're consistently growing year over year. Uh, we're in the community doing um, fundraisers and volunteering events and uh, we partnered with the Girl Scouts this year. We do the Pride um, uh, Parade and then we also support uh, Try for a Cure. We do um, an annual fundraising event uh, around Thanksgiving. So it's just, um, it's been a decade of fun and growth, which is amazing. I think part of the longevity, I would say, I mean, you've definitely been the involvement in community It doesn't. It doesn't seem like Maine roller derby is going anywhere. It's great. You guys have done a great job branding, uh, promoting. Uh, it seems you know Portland and, and Maine in general has kind of taken to it with open arms and, and body slams. <laughs> and it's funny because a lot of times when something cool is inter- is introduced to people, people get tired of things quick. Especially mm-hmm. nowadays, everybody's ADD with devices and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're kind of like big kids. You know, you get a toy and you're like, "Nah, I'm done with that. I'm not playing with that toy anymore." Uh, people have enjoyed Maine Roller Derby strong for these years. 
What do you think the key to the success has been? Do you think it really has been kind of working with community or is there anything I, else specific you think that might lead yeah, to that? Yeah, I think um, the really great thing about roller derby, not just locally here in Maine, but also on an international level, is it you create this really great almost tribe, I would call it, mm-hmm. um, mentality where everyone uh, is there for you. So, um, for example, my husband had surgery um, a few months ago. And then at the same time, the same weekend, I ended up getting injured and almost thought I had a broken ankle. So we were both laid up. We have four kids. So, you know, being laid up just doesn't work. And my team and, you know, roller derby family came together and brought us meals and checked in to make sure, you know, the kids got where they needed to go. And I didn't even really have to ask. It's just, it's this great extended family that just naturally happens for whatever magical reason with this sport. And I think it's because unlike, you know, electronic devices or, you know, anything that requires effort, people, I think, are a little bit more passionate about it and a little bit more willing to say, you know what, I don't want to let this go because it makes me feel really good. I've put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into this and I'm not willing to just cast it aside for the next bright, shiny thing. Um, This really is something that people stay with and they stay with it for, um, you know, we have some people who've been doing this for 10 years. I'm in my fourth season now and my sister is actually just getting ready to start um, this summer and uh, fall. So it's just, it's super exciting. And I think the more people that come to our games and the more people that get to know the skaters, you know, it's, I don't want to kind of get to the whole cliche, you know, it's, it's, it's for everybody and, Mm. you know, all different types do it. We know that, but there's just something about when people come and watch and see these athletes, um, you know, give their time to the community and to the sport. There's just something that connects on a very deep level with people and they want more of that. And so they get on skates or they come and help uh, referee or they come and help volunteer with the league. And, um, it just keeps growing. And a great thing, too, is that you guys are, I mean, it's kid-friendly. I mean, it's a family thing. You know, it's not like something like, oh, oh all right, it's people beating each other's brains in and there's heavy metal music going on. I, we shouldn't go there. No, it's it's a fun atmosphere for, for family to, to bring the kids and, and it might inspire a new generation, right? Absolutely. One of the coolest things that we've seen really happen in like the last year and a half is at the end of the game, um, people line up around the track and they get to like slap hands with the skaters for each of the teams. But then now, since this book, um, Roller Girl, has come out in the last few years, um, a younger generation has been drawn to, oh, there's this story about this girl who finds confidence and strength um, through this sport. That's really cool. I want to see someone who can do it. And roller derby is one of the few sports where you can actually see your heroes and have access to your heroes. Um, not like a lot of, you know, the musicians and these pro athletes that, you know, have a bazillion security detail around them and they're behind like 12 different closed doors. These are people, you know, that can be your heroes that are up front and close and you get to talk to them and um, they say great things about you. Um, Mm -hmm. But we've had kids now take our programs and get autographs from the skaters after Uh, the game. So you're able to see at you know the end of the game, all of these kids like rush onto the track. Yeah. They have their program and their little pen and they're going around and tapping skaters that are, <laughs> you know, towering <laughs> yeah. three or four feet over them. And just in these, you know, 
voices just saying, hey, can I have your autograph? And um, it's the coolest thing. I've never, <laughs> ever thought someone would say, hey, can I have your autograph? And they do. And even if they've gotten your autograph 10 times, they still come every time yeah. and do it. It's so great. You're heroes to them, really. Yeah. And then they can accidentally bump into you at, like, you know, at uh, Amato's or something and be like, oh, no way. I saw you broke on <laughs> getting an Italian sandwich at Amato's. So. It is the weirdest thing seeing uh, your teammates and other derby players off skates without all of the gear on. Sometimes we don't recognize each other in real people clothing. <laughs> Was the attraction for you to, uh, to roller derby? Um, I actually started, my kids um, were in uh, karate and they were doing the halftime show for one of the Wicked versus Good games. And I was just watching. And um, for me, you know, having four kids, my youngest son has autism. You know, I was just kind of coming out of this fog, like fighting, trying to get his services in place and trying to make sure that everybody else, you know, was able to, you know, get what they needed from me and making sure that, you know, me and my husband still had a really good connection and still had us time. And so I had kind of just emerged out of this funk or fog, I would say, and just saw these really powerful women and athletes skating and crashing into each other and laughing and just looked like they were having the time of their life. And so... For me, it was like, I just have to know more. And yeah. at the time, there was a program called Derby Light that is just like roller skating for fun and fitness. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was a rink rat at Happy Wheels, you mm -hmm. know, back in like the late 90s, dating myself here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but me and my sister would go like every Friday and Saturday and skate for hours and hours and hours. Um, and so there was kind of that, oh, that familiarity with roller skating, but then now there's this great fun additional aspect to it. Yeah. Um, and so I did derby light, got used to moving on a different kind of skate and then tried out for main roller derby. And I love it. This is my fourth season now. And, um, I pretty much play year round for all the different teams that I play on, but you love it. I love it. I do. I were really, you, really do. Were you a tough cookie growing up? Yes, uh, very much a tomboy. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. um, I, you know, I, I like to balance both things, though. I, and I, I think one of the things that my mom instilled in both me and my sister at a very young age was it's okay to like what you like. And you don't have to impress anybody and you don't have to please anybody other than yourself. So it's okay to play with Barbies and then go out and, you know, play with the guys and mm -hmm. play kickball in our neighborhood. Um, all we had was boys around us. And yeah. so, you know, we kind of did the typical girl things and then just did kind of the typical boy things. But it wasn't even really a, a boy-girl thing. It was just this is how I play and this is what I like to do. And so I think that's kind of shaped me through the years is, well, I don't care if you like what I like. I like what I like. That's um, all that matters. So I'm trying to yeah. pass that on to my kids too and sure. say, you know what, you're your own person and that's okay. Born and raised? Uh, born in Mesa, Arizona. Yeah. Uh, my mom is from the Southwest. My dad's from Maine, and mm -hmm. so they met out there. Uh, we moved to Maine when I was about a year old mm -hmm. uh, and then moved back to Albuquerque when I was in eighth grade. So I went to high school out there. Gotcha. And then that's where I met my husband. And after our first son was born, moved back here to Maine. Back here. Love Maine. I love Maine. There's just something about... I mean, Portland itself, you just have this really cool culture, but the ocean is just this siren call, you know, and being landlocked, you know, though I love the desert and it's beautiful, there's still just something about a small town feel, even though it's the biggest city in the state. 
it's just that small town feel, I think, that drew me to come back and raise my family here. Yeah. A roller derby star, mom of four, and uh, what's going on? Uh, soon to be a rock drummer. What's going on here? <laughs> some, some drumming going on is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my husband went to school at uh, Full Sail University and graduated uh for music production, so converted, yeah. yeah, so converted half of our basement into a studio. Mm-hmm. So we have drums and guitars and pianos and you know all that good stuff. And I don't know, we were listening to um, System of a Down and heavy band, yes, uh, and Chop Suey came on, and just that first part, I'm like, oh, that sounds great. I I wonder if I could learn that on drums, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure it's easy, right? Yeah. Um, so then, of course, I get home, pull up YouTube, and there's probably 20 different tutorials of how to play this on drums. And so I'm convinced I'm going to be the next great drummer. <laughs> it's a work in progress. It's a work. It's definitely a work in progress. Our kids have access to all these instruments, too, which nice. I think is really fun. So well, Partridge family. Come yeah, up yeah. All right, April, before you go, favorite season? Oh, summer. Summer for I sure. I love huh? summer. I The winter, I'm okay with. Summer, yeah, Summer's hands down. Okay. Typical Friday night, uh, pizza, Chinese, or something else? Oh, um, we love to dine in. Yep. Um, Probably more than we should, mm-hmm. uh, which is an easy escape for us from the typical things that you would feed mm-hmm. kids. Um, and so sometimes we'll make you know something for them, and then we'll order two dine-in for us. Okay. Um, so it just depends on kind of what we're what we're feeling. But it could be Thai, it could be Chinese, it could be barbecue, it could be pizza. But right. yeah, a lot of options around here. Yes. <laughs> What's the longest you've ever walked? Oh, man. Um, I think probably 17,423 steps at Disney World when we went this last December. I don't know what that equates to. I'm not here because of the math. (laughs) Um, But uh, that sounds like quite a bit. It was a lot of steps. Okay. It was a long day. If you uh, enjoy hot dogs, what do you put on your hot dogs? Oh, um, first, I really like when it's a red hot dog. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. And I like to have onions, ketchup, and a little bit of relish. Okay. Fastest you've ever driven a car? Uh, 120 miles an hour. Ooh, okay. <laughs> have you ever written a complaint letter to any business? Oh, yes. Um, okay. Sounds like there was multiple Yeah, well, you know, so the thing is I feel like um, it's important to highlight um, strengths and challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a special education teacher, so I'm mm-hmm. all – I'm all about strengths and challenges. So I try to be the customer that will write a complaint letter, but it will say, hey, this person was you know, really helpful, but here's the yeah. things that were wrong. I typically will say, you know, I'm not asking for anything. I just want just you to, to fix it for the next time. You share because you care. I share because I care. Right. Absolutely. And finally, favorite cartoon character and why? Oh, man. I like uh, Wacko from the Animaniacs. <laughs> Because he is just wild and zany and um, fun. Yeah. And that's what (laughs) cartoons should be, right? Exactly. Yes.
April Dawn is with uh, Main Roller Derby. Find out more about them online at MainRollerDerby.com. Facebook, follow them at Main Roller Derby. Check the schedule. Uh, busy, lots of stuff coming up. Bring the family. It's a lot of fun. It's really become kind of a, a, a local Portland favorite of a lot of people. Just a different uh, brand of entertainment and fun for the family. So uh, get out there and check them out and, and root April on so she doesn't write a complaint letter to your company, your business. <laughs> It'll Both. be nicely worded. Yes. <laughs> April, thanks so much. Thanks. And folks, thanks for joining me for the first official episode. And well, the basic gist of this whole thing is, well, nothing crazy. Just some great, quick conversations and helping you to get to know some new people. Musicians, restaurant owners, artists, athletes, teachers, fishermen, bikers, hikers, gym teachers, public service workers. Well, you get the gist. Every episode, I'll introduce you to two new people. And you never know what comes from it. Maybe just a great listen or maybe some inspiration for your life. Either way, we hope you enjoy and keep coming back to download new episodes of the podcast. Now, as we get going, the podcast will be spread out a little bit, but eventually we hope to get to release one every couple of weeks. That's it for this episode. Look forward to introducing you to two new people next time around. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Ship to Shore, a podcast created by Shipyard Brewing Company. Brought to you by those who power Shipyard. Gorham Savings Bank. Banking is believing. GormSavingsBank.com. Elite Airways. Now with more flights from Maine to Florida. EliteAirways.net. Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. CrossAgency.com. Upserve, all-in-one restaurant management. Upserve.com. Music provided by the instrumental band Micro Masse. You can find them online on Facebook and Bandcamp. To reach us with any feedback, just email podcast at shipyard.com. Whenever or wherever you enjoy a cold shipyard, snap a pic and share it with us. Hashtag sip a shipyard. Next time you're on Facebook, like us, Shipyard Brewing Company. For all things Shipyard, visit us anytime at shipyard.com. Don't forget to connect with the rest of our family at Sea Dog Brewing Company, Captain Eli's Soda, and Ice Pick Vodka. You can follow Mark, the host of Ship to Shore, on Instagram at Shipyard Mark. Until next time, cheers.